Hello, and welcome, or welcome back, to Answer 42, a podcast that temporarily knows it all. In this, my 42nd year of being alive, I've decided to harness all of the innate wisdom that I must now possess, albeit temporarily, and take stock of everything that I now know. Today is a good solid number, day 357 of this project. Today is also the 5th of August, and that means today you conclude harnessing your wisdom on anthropomorphism. In other words, why do all things have personalities? As I asked at the start of my time with this particular question, are you one of those people that assumes everything has a personality, therefore making it impossible to get rid of childhood toys and especially stuffed animals, or are you a monster? Not to put too fine a point on it. Because it turns out that there are a lot of people out there who don't assume that everything has a personality. And they get particularly defensive when you do something like, oh, I don't know, ask if their car has a name. Like, to suggest that an inanimate object or animal has a personality, well, it's an affront to how they have structured their very reality. Clearly, you do not share a movie with these people. And to cut to the chase, as someone who grew up without siblings, transforming anything and everything into potential playmates is basically second nature to me, because it had to be. And it's probably better in the long run to create an entire personality for that pigeon you just walked past, you know, the one that was seriously giving you side eye, than it is to create an entire personality for that person you don't actually know. And if your life has always been full of people, then maybe you didn't need to develop this skill, and maybe you think this is silly. And in some ways, I feel sorry for you if that's your experience. As I listened to my past recordings on this topic, I was struck that, essentially, this is an opportunity to do an overly precious show-and-tell, which is a somewhat ironic thing to attempt to do on a podcast. But show-and-tell was never part of my education, so maybe this has been me giving myself the chance to participate after the fact. So what did I show-and-tell without much of the show as part of this process? Well, I talked about an old ballerina figurine. I talked about my beloved giant monstera plant. I talked about a black zip-up hoodie sweatshirt that is seriously falling apart in multiple ways from the highly problematic and now gone forever American apparel. I talked about a planner. I talked about a coffee mug that once upon a time I painted. I talked about all of the rocks and shells that I have collected over the years. And I talked about my car and how each of these things has a distinct special personality, not a name, a personality. So as I approach the end of this, what do I want to add to the collection? Well, two things, my yellow comb and the remaining pieces of my pink alarm clock. First, the yellow comb. I have been using the same yellow comb since I was six years old. I am not kidding. This comb has been with me everywhere I have ever lived, ever been, and I don't know if this is normal to have one comb for your entire life, but it seems to be the path that I am on. The person who first noticed this yellow comb and really made me notice it, well, it was somebody who noticed things and really knew me best in college, and he said that the yellow comb was like my talisman 
and he'd only known of its existence for four years at that time. The comb is big bird yellow and sturdier than anything else I have ever owned and interacted with daily. It is practical, it is no nonsense, and it's fun because it's bright yellow. It is always easy to locate, and there is, or there must be, some ancient technology in how it was assembled, and I am certain that it is an irreplaceable object. I think the comb knows it too. Now onto the alarm clock, or what is left of it. This is another object that I have had for a while. It hasn't been functioning for years, but I haven't really needed an external alarm clock in years, so I haven't used it in years, but I keep the remaining pieces of it with me, telling myself that someday I'll, I don't know, get into clock restoration and fix it up and get it running again. It is a small clock, round, the size of an open fist. Its second hand was always surprisingly loud, considering its size, but the noise from the second hand was my white noise as a child. It also had the most aggressive alarm imaginable, the type of alarm that would surely wake you up and get you out of bed no matter the circumstance. There was no snooze option on this thing. It perpetuated the idea of a troubling binary, that you are asleep or you are awake. There was no dozing with small pink alarm clock in charge of your morning. Small pink alarm clock was cute and very aggressive. Sometimes small pink alarm clock was my idol. To sum up for future me, there is nothing odd or strange about engaging in a little anthropomorphism from time to time. Objects are interesting, and object puppetry is delightful. Animals are fascinating, and telling yourself that their antics are theater means that there are a hundred possible stories to watch every time you go outside. Don't stop being you, future me. Tomorrow is August 6th, where you conclude harnessing your wisdom on travels. In other words, where have you been? Thank you for witnessing my 42nd year. Bye now.